3: Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Oh,
4: let's go. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank, and you might be saying to yourself, Monday pot, this is new. It is new. We are shifting the huddle reloaded to Mondays here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Uh, Why? Well, who doesn't want a little Sooner football to kick off your week? And the huddle show has expanded Beyond just the football season, so you'll hear Toby and Ted. I'm I'm hosting a couple of times. I think Trey Miller is going to come on with us. There's a lot of football talk, and there's a lot of great interviews that are a part of this show. So, welcome to the Huddle Reloaded on a Monday. And before we kick things off with Toby and Ted, let's hear from one of our great sponsors, the Air Force.
5: It's a calling that's kept us free. It's a place to belong. What's the calling? It's doing a job that makes a difference. Serving your community and your country. It's part-time service where the impact is full-time. What's your calling? Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com.
4: This week's edition of the Huddle Reloaded Sooner Football Talk. You'll hear from Bill Biedenboe and Marquise Hayes. Let's go. The Huddle Reloaded on the Sooner Sports Podcast.
3: On the Sooner Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College.
6: Race a tackle. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Oh, mama.
3: This is the Bud Light OU Huddle, presented by Bud Light. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. The OU Huddle is also brought to you by AT&T 5G. The official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics, Homeland, proud sponsor of Sooner Football, Moody's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in barbecue, and by Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. This is the OU Huddle. Now, here are your hosts, Teddy Lehman, and the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland.
6: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue on a Thursday night. It's time to talk some OU over the next two hours. We're talking Sooner football, Sooner basketball. Lon Kruger and Sherry Cole will be alongside in the next hour to talk some hoops down the stretch. They come as the calendar is about to flip to March. But this hour, as you just heard, we call it the huddle. We're talking football this hour. And please help me welcome my radio partner on the Sooner Radio Network and the Butkus Award winner, Teddy Lehman, everybody.
1: T. Rowe, how we doing, man? Howdy, Ted. You up to date on all your football? You don't have anything else going on right now, right?
6: (laughs) Nothing going on at all. It's a quiet time of the year. I've missed you. We had the uh, snowstorm last week, and then uh, we haven't been together in, I don't know, three or four weeks. Yeah,
1: everyone got soft up there at the studios and called it off. I was ready to do (laughs) the show last week.
6: I know. You're much tougher (laughs) than the rest of us are. Our opening segment always brought to you by McIntyre Law, Noble McIntyre. McIntyre Law is the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs coming up on the show tonight we're going to focus on the offensive line we've been trying to go position by position around next year's OU football team break it down who's coming who's left what's it look like tonight the focus will be on the offensive line we got a, a great interview Chris Plank did with Bill Biedenbow yesterday I had a chance to talk to Marquise Hayes earlier today we're going to play that for you. So that's coming up in a bit. But off the top, I thought we would talk freshman tonight as, uh, oh, you got some accolades this week about last year's freshman class, the 2020 freshman class that just played their freshman season. Really what this is, is an affirmation to right. recruiting.
1: Yeah. You know, a lot of times when every year we rank the recruiting classes whenever they come in and you sign them and. Well, this is the best class in the country. Well, we don't know until these guys start playing football. And year one isn't the final word on how good of a recruiting class it is or was. Uh, More guys are going to rotate in. But we had some big-time playmakers show up from that class last year and big key contributors down the stretch for us. So I would say that that group already off to a a really good start and only going to get better.
6: Rank number three by Pro Football Focus. In the nation last year, of course, we're talking about. I think the headliner would be Marvin Mims, mm-hmm. talking about Seth McGowan, Mikey Henderson, Anton Harrison on the offensive side defensively. DJ Graham became a pivotal part of that secondary late in the season. Uh, Reggie Grimes was a part of the rotation on the defensive line. Shane Witter became a bigger yeah. and bigger factor for them. I know you like yeah. him a lot.
1: Yeah, he played in the Cotton Bowl against Florida. Uh, you know, and you've got to remember, I know we've said this a million times, but it was not a normal year for these incoming freshmen. You know, nowadays the typical ordeal is you arrive early, you go through a a full spring ball with your with your team, uh, summer workouts. You're with the coaches, you're in meetings. Then you go into a normal training camp. So you're basically really a, a sophomore in a sense that you've been through already a ton of practice and stuff, so you've got some experience. That didn't happen this year, so the fact that we were able to still get some really good play from some of these guys, I thought was was crucial. Now, I do expect that a lot of these players, even the guys that were key contributors, are going to make a big leap just by going through that full off-season routine, uh, bigger, faster, stronger, with the strength and conditioning work, and obviously they've already got a good base under them from a year in the program, but going into spring, there should be some some really big leaps, but You know, Mims is obviously the guy. Well, Harrison. I mean, Harrison was great. We didn't talk about him very much. But, you know, that's a good thing at offensive line whenever you're not really uh, a guy that's being talked about week in, week out. But I thought that Mikey Henderson, in just a limited amount of snaps, played a critical role down the stretch. I think he had nine carries and, like, 12 receptions. Mm -hmm. And that's not a whole lot. That's 21 touches. But, you know, we were talking all season about how big of an impact he was making on that offense. You know, defensively, you look at some of the guys. DJ Graham showed up late uh, and, and was a really big impact guy for them at corner, getting them some, some nice rotational snaps out there. Uh, we saw Reggie Grimes get some time. So uh, I, I think it was a really good core start for this group of guys. And. Look for them to build on it. I think personally that Seth McGowan may be the guy that makes the biggest leap from true freshman to true sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Thrown into the mix. You can't really get a feel. You remember back to training camp, there was a lot of non contact stuff that in a typical year would be way more physical. And because of uh, virus and Uh, contact tracing. They were kind of scared to do some of that work that they would traditionally do. Uh, I think as a freshman, you'd benefit from that maybe more than anyone just trying to understand how physical this level of play is. I expect him to take a big leap. I think he probably puts on some weight, probably adds some explosiveness and some speed to uh, a guy that's already really explosive and really fast. So I, I think he's got a chance to make some big leaps there. We saw Lincoln. It's clear that they want him to be a part of this offense. They, they built that package for him down yeah. there at Tech. So uh, I think this is a gr- good group. He played great, get better.
6: played great in the Cotton Bowl against mm-hmm. Florida, too. Bryson Washington, uh, Josh Eaton, uh, the second greatest player in McGinnis history, Brendan Walker. That's right. He's going to be quite a beast. A I'll give you a couple of guys that were true freshmen last year who either didn't play or didn't play much, and I think have a chance to be stars for this team. But Justin Harrington, who we didn't see last year, has a chance to be a real beast. And Andrew Rame, who we didn't see much at all, right. we're going to talk some offensive line here in a bit, I think has a chance to be a big factor for this team too. So point is, excellent freshman class. What about next year? Some accolades for the incoming class already as well. A uh, report out this week, Ranked by Fox College Football, the top 10 incoming recruits in the Big 12. And, Teddy, there's a whole bunch of OUs on that board.
1: Well, I don't know that this is anything new, but that's got to be incredibly frustrating if you are a Big 12 football team to look up and see that graphic, right? I mean, you know that that's already true, but it just kind of slaps you in the face right there. And that's why we're so dominant in this conference. We have the best players. And, Really, it's not even close. And some of the guys on this little chart right here, I think, could make immediate impact. Clayton Smith, as an edge guy, I mean, he's six four. He's at 225 pounds. There's a good chance that he could add some, you know, 5, 10 pounds to that frame by the time the football season rolls around. Now, he's going to be playing behind Benito, who's outstanding. But I think there's a chance we see Clayton Smith make his way onto the field. Williams at wide receiver, Bowman as an athlete. There's some really good guys in this group, and it may be more difficult than ever to find your way onto the football field with as many returners that we have coming back next year, but there's so much talent in this group that I still think there's a chance that some guys will at least be rotational guys.
6: This is based on the 247 composite scoring, by the way. There's some guys not on that list. I know you love Danny Stutzman. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure as a linebacker how quickly he'll get on the field.
1: It's going to be tough. Yeah. It's, it's amazing defensively that, you know, in just a matter of, it seems like 18 months or so, we've gone from thin at backer, thin at the defensive line to, I don't know how you're going to play all these guys. Yeah. I mean, what a at, luxury at inside backer, I could tell you that uh, Deshaun White and Brian Osmo are going to be your two starters. I could also tell you that David Aguebo and Shane Witter are going to be your two starters. And any combination of guys in between, that's how good they are. And, and you mentioned Stutzman. He's the only inside backer of this group. Big guy, 6'3", incredibly athletic, loves football. It's going to be fun. Now, he's not going to arrive until later, so he will be a little bit behind, but uh, he's going to be a good player.
6: Depth on that defensive line, too. You mentioned Clayton Smith, Kevin Gilliam coming in, very highly thought of. And uh, Nathan rollins Kabanga might be the most intriguing. Well, Bowman would be there, too. Just a big, raw basketball player who they're going to try to figure out how to use to get after quarterbacks as well. So this is going to be fun to watch these guys. And then eventually, at some point, they got the number one quarterback in the nation who's going to yeah. make his way onto the field. We'll see when that will be. So a lot of accolades for freshmen for the Sooners last year and this upcoming season. Let's take an opening timeout. When we come back, we'll start to dive into our O-line breakdown tonight. We'll hear from Bill Biedenboe coming up next here on The Huddle.
5: The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Kim Cade Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast presented by all state and Riverwind Walden cleaners and laundry where the difference is quality Anheuser-Busch whenever there's a game to watch there's a Bud Light there
6: all right welcome back to Rudy's uh, it is time for tonight's position breakdown brought to you by Riverwind still the one we're talking offensive line this week and we're gonna use the next couple of segments to uh, look at this, we, Bill Biedenboe interview was so good, we've broken it up in two different parts, and we'll play part one for you in a second. Obviously, Creed Humphrey, Adrian Ely to the NFL draft, several talented guys coming back. We're going to talk about those guys coming up next segment, but this segment, let's talk about the new guys coming in, the transfers and the freshmen. Here's Chris Plank with Sooners offensive line coach, Bill Biedenboe.
4: You know, we had a chance to talk signing day with you. Colin Montgomery, Savion Bird joining the Sooner uh, roster. But we haven't had a chance to talk about your new guys that have come to the transfer portal. Let's talk about Wanya Morris a little bit. What caught your eye and wanted you to bring him to Oklahoma?
2: Well, we recruited him um, out out of high school you know I recruited him for two years out of high school he's from Atlanta Georgia we thought he'd be a really really good player great kid um great family um you know really felt good about him but he wanted to stay close to home and if that you know you look at recruiting and you go and you play the percentages a lot of kids stay close to home that's just the way the way it is you know if you study it and all those things and um you know felt like uh you know really wanted to come here out of high school, you know, and, um, really wanted to come here, but it was a little bit too far from home. But, um, and then ultimately it worked out, you know, I don't know that he's going to be here, but he's a kid that has three years and it, but has also started, I think 20 games, Wow, you know, in a pretty good conference. And he still has three years left to play again. Hopefully, you know, he, he develops and, hey, you know, you'd love to have him for three years, but if he's doing what he's supposed to, he's going to be here a year or two, you know? <laughs> so, um, You know, really, really excited about him. He's done a heck of a job up to this point, really fitting in, Um, you know, you know, working well with the other guys. Think he has a chance to be a special player, but again, has a lot of work to do, but uh, really fired up about him being here.
4: And just one final thought on Wanya. Do you, I know versatility is preached in that offensive line room. Everyone knows everyone's responsibility. But do you project him as a tackle? Or, yes. Okay.
2: Yeah, you no, know, and again, not to say he can't play anything else, and I don't know if it's going to be left, it's going to be right. He's working at both sides right now. Um, but, yes, as a tackle you know and again could that change you know halfway through spring ball before spring ball yes it could you know and um, but I do think right now that's where he's going to stay
4: and then uh, one more addition a kid that spent some time out of Arizona seems to have improved every year Robert Congle uh, what you yeah. see in him
2: you know what I, I um, really tough kid smart kid again great family I had um, you know two didn't know much about Robert coming out um, you know from Colorado went to IMG walked on at Texas A&M, transferred to Arizona when Coach Sumlin went there. But um, the one thing that you don't get a lot in in, in these situations is I had two guys that coached them. Um, Jim Turner, who was with the Bengals, and then... um, uh, Joe Gilbert with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, one coached him at uh, Arizona and one coached him at A&M, and then I know Coach Sumlin very well. And, um, you know, they all spoke very, very highly of him. Um, it was one of those situations where um, it would have been a little bit harder to take him, you know, if those guys didn't um, speak so highly of him, and not because of the player that he is. I just didn't know as much about him as I did about Wanya. I had recruited Wanye for years and really know I mean that's important to me. You know what I mean? And, and I know, you know, everybody just throws out these offers and you, I try to the best that I can really get to know the kid, you know, because it's different here. I mean, it's different than most places. I mean, and, and, and I say that in a good way, I mean, heck, you, you know, it's a different pressure At this place. You know what I mean? And um, we coach hard. It's a different culture than than most places I've been at. And every place I've been at has been great. Um, But what you got to do is you got to really get to know these kids and and do the best that you can to um, figure them out and what's really important to them, you know, because it's a grind here. It's tough. It's not easy. And I tell those guys that. And that may turn people off. But the one thing that I'm going to tell that I'm not going to do is I'm not going to lie to a kid. You know what I mean? I'm going to be honest with them and I'm going to tell them how it is here Um, and and it's great you know but it is hard it it is tough it's not like every place in the country that's why we win that's why we we compete for championships that's why guys go to the NFL and they're prepared when they go to the NFL so um, but going back to Robert you know I I feel really good about him big powerful kid smart kid going to start at center can play guard has played both at Arizona Um, and the one thing with both those guys that you can't ever replace is they've got experience starting in good conferences. So it's not like a high school kid coming in. It's not like a junior college kid. These guys have started and played at a high level at other pretty good conferences. So I uh, really feel good about both those guys. that fit in well and I'm excited to, to really keep going and coaching them and then get out there and spring ball and see where they're really at. All right, more from Bill Biedenboe coming up next segment about the departure of
6: Creed Humphrey and Adrian Ely, and what that means for their team and maybe a little bit of a sneak peek there he says Robert Conjol going to start at center I don't mean I don't think he means start right. the team but at least at what position they're going to use him at they're going to start with uh, trying him out at center which there you go that's part of part of the puzzle that's got to be put together
1: yeah and, and yet another position group where who's going to be the starter I'm not exactly sure it's it's deep and I like any of the combinations that he could possibly throw out there. I think center's going to be incredibly competitive. I think tackle's going to be competitive, but you know the key point that he kept going back to, and I totally agree is rarely do you get a chance to bring in guys that have that type of experience right off the the bat and be able to to fit in and and play some football for you so you 're getting experienced guys and uh, I love recruiting in high school, but it 's not nearly as easy it is as it is to look at a guy that's blocking sec players and say yeah he can come block here or a guy uh, that's playing guard out there in in the pac 12 and say yeah he's big enough and physical enough he gets it he can come play here you know when you're going to the high school ranks it's you know it's it's a flip of the coin you know so to be able to have that good film on these guys it makes a big difference
6: well speaking of the high school ranks uh, the Sooners did sign a couple of high school offensive linemen. We'll take a look at some video first of Savion Bird out of Duncanville, Texas, and then Colin Montgomery after him. Both talents. Savion Bird was a big get on signing day. Four-star kid, 6'5", 295, probably guard, but maybe a tackle. Colin Montgomery, probably a guard as well. He's out of Bel Air, Texas, another 6'5", 315-pound kid. But we were talking last segment about immediate impacts when you're a freshman there are some positions where it's easier to do that than others running back wide receiver maybe a pass rusher it's hard at offensive line to come right out of high school and be an immediate impact guy so I don't know if Savion Bird and Colin Montgomery are going to factor in next year or not
1: yeah it's rare it's happened it's happened under beating here a couple of different times Anton Harrison um Uh, Drew Samia came in and and started as a true freshman, so it happens, but it is rare, and especially whenever they're as deep as they're going to be next year with with as many guys competing, but (laughs) it's funny watching this film. It looks exactly like a Bill Biedenboe lineman, doesn't it? Just swallowing guys and blocking people after the whistle and (laughs) attitude and angry. It looks exactly like a a guy that Bill Biedenboe would recruit, and He's got a really good eye for it. And, and just watching this kid, he looks like a total road grader. And it's going to be fun, man. I I just love watching this video. These poor high school kids, oh, man.
6: Uh, <laughs> offensive line. The, the offensive line video on signing day is always my favorite because it's just an absolute mismatch. And yeah. He's just falling on top of people. Uh, That's Colin Montgomery. He's
1: 325 blocking like a 165 (laughs) pound defensive end.
6: (laughs) Poor guy. All right. So that's uh, half of our offensive line breakdown. When we come back, we'll hear the rest of that Bill Biedenboe interview and had a chance to talk today with Marquise Hayes. He made the decision to come back. We'll ask him why next on the huddle.
5: The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Anheuser-Busch, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. Riverwind, still the one.
4: You mentioned the NFL and center. Creed Humphrey obviously off to the NFL draft, but uh, that opens a, a huge hole that uh, he's been able to anchor for the last couple of seasons. You mentioned Robert Congle in that mix. Uh, I would imagine what, a guy like a Chris Murray, maybe even an Andrew Rain could end up in this yeah. battle?
2: Yeah, Chris Murray, um, Ian McIver, Nate Anderson, Robert, and then Andrew is going to snap. I'm going to work him probably at both guards right now. Um, you know, um, and, and he'll snap. He, he's done some of that in the past. He's still a young guy. Right. You know what I mean? But um, you know, a guy nobody really ever talks about is Ian McIver, you know, and Ian's, you know, walk on here has done a great job really improving and getting better when we put him in games. I don't care who it's against. He's been been an effective player for us, you know, so um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. That That is you know, the one battle and the one spot um, that, that has got to, uh, I don't want to say improve, but the guy, whoever it is, has got to really step up and be the guy. Um, You know, we've got experience and at other positions, you know, along the offensive line. That's one that we don't, and that's one that's extremely important to this offense we've had. I've been blessed with really, really good centers here, and it's, it's made my job much, much easier. The good thing I can say about those guys is that they've learned from Creed. They understand what it takes to play center here. Playing center here isn't like, you know, most places in the country. We put more on you than than probably any position on the field, so um, and they've done a good job. I can I can already see it, um, you know. And again, like Ian's really the only guy that's really done it a bunch around here, you know, and done it in games, you know. And, and he's got to continue to evolve and improve. But uh, we'll be fine. It's going to be exciting to get out there for, in spring ball and see where everybody's at.
4: Speaking of spring ball, final thought. We'll let you go, Adrian Ealy. Uh, moving on to the next level in the NFL, is already wild st- uh, scouts leaves a hole that right tackle spot. We saw Anton Harrison play pretty well at left tackle. Coach, that's going to be a fun battle, those tackle battles in the spring, aren't they?
2: Yeah, it? it is. It is. And, and, and Eric Swenson. I mean, uh, and I know everybody talks about Swenson, but <laughs> Swenson had a good year. You know, I yep. mean, I love that kid. That, that's part of it. You know, you, you know the one thing he didn't do is listen to anybody on the outside. He just kept playing, and he, he had a heck of a year. So, um, I'm excited about him coming back. Obviously Anton, then you had Wanye, um, Aaron Parks, a young kid. Uh, Noah Nelson, another young kid. Stacy Wilkins has come back. Stacy Wilkins, I think, is in a, a better place than he's ever been since he's been here. And I'm talking off the field, academically on the field. So, it's exciting. You know, I think we're at a good spot right now. I really do. I think the mentality is pretty good. That's the one thing that I've preached. You know, that last year we had an, we were just too inconsistent. You know, and it started with our mentality. And, and I really like where we're at right now. And um, the guys just got to keep working on it and keep improving on it but uh, I think we're heading in the right direction and, and it's exciting right now so uh, like I said just ready to get out there and, and get going and spring ball
4: you're the man thanks for your time coach we appreciate it
6: thank you appreciate it thank you Chris and thank you coach the thing that jumps out of me there Ted is depth I mean he said a lot of names <laughs> and the center position Oklahoma has had a really good run here at the center position, our our buddy Gabe Ike.
1: Twenty years in I, that mix. Can you think of uh, any time we haven't had a, a great center? I mean, it's it's a tradition at Oklahoma. We've we've had a great run.
6: Well, we got a good old fashioned position battle. It sounds like at that position, that very key position, going into the fall and spring.
1: And I'll tell you, it, and it's not just in this interview. it, it going back a year ago. He loves Ian McIver, yeah. loves him, and talks about him nonstop. So I think people may kind of skip over him because of, uh, you know, the walk-on status. But I, it wouldn't shock me if Ian McIver goes out there and wins that job. So, I, you know, I, yeah, those position battles are going to be great. I'll tell you something that stood out to me. Are you the guy that's talking bad about, about Eric Swinson that Bill Beanbow was referencing? It's not me, no? Coach. Okay. No? Okay. Uh-uh. All right. That, but <laughs> tackle is going to be fun. Harrison, um... You know, the young guys coming in, it's just you love offensive line with Bill Beadbo because every year it's going to be a battle. You've got experience coming back, but you're never safe in that room. He's replenishing it, not only with transfers, but with young guys that are physically capable to show up and play because of the big physical nature of the guys that he recruits. So, uh, you know, he said it in the previous interview. It's different here. It's going to be hard. It's not like it is most places. So whenever they show up, they're ready to grind.
6: Well, the center position is the unknown. One thing that is known is that Marquise Hayes is going to be starting on that offensive line. He's had a couple of really good years, could have gone ahead and gone to the NFL draft, decided to come back. I chatted with Marquise earlier today. Marquise, thanks for joining us. How's the offseason going so far?
7: It's going pretty good. We're in coaching stations right now, so we get some good teamwork in. It's the first time we've been around each other because of schedule, so we get some great work in right now. Hey, look back
6: at last year for me. What was your assessment of how you played and how the offensive line played as a whole?
7: Uh, I feel like... We played, we played pretty good towards the end of the season. I feel like we, we had a lot of chemistry coming in a year before that with Jalen Hurts year, so we had Spencer come in, so we had to build a lot. So the beginning of the year it was very tough, and we lost the first two games. But going in stronger, ending with Florida, I feel like that, that was a good game for me, myself, and the offensive line to move on to next year. Can you
6: tell us why you made the decision to come back?
7: Uh, really, I feel like last year, I wasn't the player I wanted to be. I could have did so much better in the offseason leading up to that and really helping my team win more games. I didn't want to leave with that two losses in the beginning of the season. We
6: heard in the last segment from your position coach, Bill Bedenbo. Tell me about Bill what What's he like?
7: Well, he's a great man. He's hands-on. I mean, he always wants everything perfect, so that's the kind of coach you want. I mean, he drills us hard, and that's what we need, so he's a great guy, great coach, and a great man.
6: What about relationships, the coach-player relationships? I know it's kind of a strength of his, it seems like, but we're not inside those team rooms like you are. What kind of relationship does everybody have with Coach Beedenbo on that O-line?
7: Uh, I feel like it's more of a maturity thing. Once you mature, your relationship get better. When you're a young guy trying to fit in, he's more hard on you. So when you get to know the playbook and stuff like that, but everybody loves Coach B, and he loves us like he's our child. Is there pressure
6: uh, at at you know on that offensive line when you look at the lines you guys have had in recent years? Joe Moore award winning offensive lines, especially under Coach Beidenbo. I mean, it has been you know some of the best offensive lines in the country year after year. Do you feel that pressure going into a season?
7: Yeah, I felt it last year, of course, because. Creed and Adrian, those guys left. So we was coming in with the same old line. So we felt that it was going to happen that year and we fell short. But this year, I feel like all five linemen, we got the same goal right now. So it is pressure on us, but we know what we have to achieve.
6: Hey, Marquise, we looked at the GT counter or the GT run play a couple of weeks ago on this show and kind of broke it down. Teddy Lehman helped us break down why it's been, how it's been such a good play for you guys you tell me that. Let me ask you that question. Why has that play been such, uh, so good for you guys through the years?
7: Because uh, I feel like they scheme off the two pullers. So, and we, we add so much to it also now. So when we have two pullers, sometimes we pull the ball and throw it now. So it's just so much to go. So especially when I pull and I get around there, it's just like hand that ball off and we're going to go score
6: Is that about the most fun you can have as an offensive lineman when you get to pull and you're in the open field and you got a head of steam going?
7: For sure. That's the best feeling i ever had.
6: (laughs) I want to ask you about your quarterback, too, before we let you go. It's your job to protect him. You're in the huddle with him and on the sidelines. What kind of a guy, what kind of a leader is Spencer Rattler?
7: I feel like Spencer... He's becoming the guy that he needs to be. I feel like earlier in the season, like all of us, it was kind of slowly because it was his first time starting, but you can see gradually through the season like how his character changed, how he played, like his demeanor. I feel like he's a great guy, and we know he's a great guy. He's going to lead us to a great year this year.
6: What do you mean by that, how his character and demeanor changed? What, tell us like, more about that.
7: I feel like character and demeanor is like... Like a guy like Jalen, he comes in right away and he knows what to do. He's been there. He directed. Spencer is like kind of watching in the beginning to see what. Like he's behind Jalen. So when he stepped in the season, it was kind of like in a way of sitting back and letting the older guys do it. But towards the end of the season, like the demeanor was to attack and the demeanor was to win games.
6: Last question. We'll let you go, Marquise. Do you have personal goals or do you have goals for your offensive line? Uh, next season, this upcoming
7: year? For sure. Uh, Joe Moore, for sure. I feel like the offensive line can achieve that. For sure, the Outland. Um, I got to get the Outland. That's, that's a big-time goal for me in the national championship.
6: Marquise, thanks for your time. Uh, good luck this offseason, spring coming up and everything, and we really appreciate you joining us. Yes,
7: today. sir. I appreciate you, too.
6: Some lofty goals there, Teddy. Uh wants to win the Outland Trophy. The Joe Moore Award and the national championship next year. Might as
1: well shoot for the top. What else are you going to say, though? I mean, all of those are right there in front of you. It's not like we're, you know, those are unrealistic. We've had a Joe Moore Award around here. There's been Outland Trophy winners around here. And we're doing national championships. So I love it. It's so funny, man. I love listening to him talk. Uh, Those guys talk about Coach Bedenboe. I mean, He's a giant. He doesn't look big on the field because typically teams don't have a six foot five, 330 pound center like Oklahoma does with Creed Humphrey. But Marquis Hayes is a gigantic yeah. human being. He's six, five, 350 pounder. And I think they may be fudging on that 350. And uh, he comes around there with some attitude. When he's pulling
6: in the open field, it's the last thing a cornerback wants to see headed their way is Marquise Hayes. We're looking at some offensive line video here, a little bit of the run game. We're going to show you a little bit of the pass game. Why have they been so good under Bill But What's his secret? It's
1: consistent. They're consistent. They're coached hard. You know, I think one of the great things that Bill has done is he raised the standard. So when guys come in. And the player before you was a first-round pick or the player before you was, was part of a Joe Moore award-winning offensive line or a, a three-year starter, all-conference guy, award winner, that's the standard. So whenever you come in and that's the standard, it raises the, the level of everyone in the room automatically. As soon as you show up, you're already uh, expected to be at a higher level. So I think the, the just the, the groundwork that the group in front of you lays It just means more for those guys coming in. And confidence is everything in football. And I don't think it's – it's not difficult to see that offensive linemen that play at Oklahoma – have a tremendous amount of confidence about the way that they play. And that comes from Beanbow. that comes from watching the guys in front of them. A lot of that, I think stems from the way Orlando Brown uh, kind of started things off. Then Cody Ford uh, picked up where he left off. So that's just kind of the expectation and the mentality of this team.
6: That's an impressive list right there of guys. Right now in the NFL from the Bill Biedenboe era. And it's going to grow because Creed Humphrey and Adrian Ely are headed to the draft this year. All right. We'll take a timeout. in layman's terms. Coming up next, we're going to talk about getting the right fit tonight. Something I have a really hard time <laughs> doing when I go clothes shopping. We'll be back.
5: We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. OU's football games are available on Exidos 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Log on to Soonersports.com kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OGD. Brought to you in point by Orthodontics exclusively.
6: All right, it's time to learn something, folks. Uh, Classes in session. This is in layman's terms. Brought to you by Kincaid Coach Lines. Go to KincaidCoach.com for more information. They are the official motor coach carrier of OU uh, Athletics. All right, we've talked, uh, Teddy. You've explained the GT counter to us. uh, How OU has gone about getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks the last couple of years under Alex Grinch. Tonight, this is your wheelhouse. We're talking linebackers, getting the right fits against run games, all that kind of stuff. What do you got for us tonight?
1: Well, the one thing we're going to look at is, you know, Iowa State has a lot of shifts and a lot of motions. And, you know, I think this is interesting because Sarkeesian does this a lot in Texas's uh, or Alabama's offense, now Texas's offense. We're going to see this too. And a lot of times we we see a guy motion across the formation and – It really doesn't mean anything, and sometimes you don't even see the defense move a whole heck of a lot, but we're going to kind of go through what all is happening whenever we get motions and what the responsibilities are doing on the back end because you got to remember every time a guy motions across the formation gaps change. Uh, past responsibilities change, and you see it a lot. Sometimes a shift can change an entire call defensively, and you have to get out of it, get out of a blitz. So we're just going to take a look at a, uh, this play from the Big 12 Championship against Iowa State. Now, this is just a TV copy. And whenever you watch it at surface level, it doesn't look like a whole lot's going on. Had a guy motion across, here comes the fullback, and they're just going to run the play over here to the left side. Um, you know, a little three-, four-yard gain, no big deal, on to the next play. Well, whenever we slow it down and take a closer look from a different angle, we're going to get a chance to see exactly what happens. So whenever you freeze it right here, you got to look at the safeties on the back end. Uh, we've got different guys kind of scattered across. We've got We're showing a two-shell, and this may not be exactly how Oklahoma rotates, but this will be a good visual as to what typically happens on a play like this. Uh, you've got corners that are really out of the mix here. We're just talking about the core. Now, whenever you see... The, um, the player shift here, you're going to see the rotation from these safeties. Right now, they're both high, and everyone's going to start moving once you get that first player come across. And Uh, You see he's put the corners, and this is where they are. They're kind of out of it right now. So as we jump across, okay, now here we go. We've activated a guy. Now uh, the nickel's now up on the line, and if you freeze it right there, his pass responsibility has now changed. He's now a a flat player, okay? And you see the the guy that was the flat player on the top end is now rotating back, and he's going to be a high safety And the corners stay the same, but the core on the inside has changed as well. Now the the linebackers drops, uh, depending on what the call is, now they may have changed their inside drops as well. Okay, so now you've you've already brought a tight end over that's changed the run responsibility. And now here comes the fullback. So it changes yet again. So now the safety that was high is now going to be coming down, and he's a low safety that's now in the run fit. And the safety where the motion came from is now going to be the high safety. So the high safety just went from being a flat player into the boundary where he's an edge player. He's responsible for a gap in the run game. He's got the, the flat out there, which is the, the zone that's closest to the line of scrimmage on the perimeter. To now, he's a deep third player to where he's responsible for the post route, the go route, the deep ball. And all that has happened here in about... Two seconds. So you didn't know what it was going to happen whenever you first came out there. So that's just kind of the past responsibilities and viewing it from the top. Now let's take a look at how the gaps have changed. So we're going to run it back. Uh, here's the play. You see uh, active safety comes up, makes a play there. Good job. Okay, so let's take a look at the gaps. So whenever you look at the original formation, you have to account for every gap with every formation. So whenever you look at this, you can see the safety at the top up there by the AT&T. He's on the outside of the number two wide receiver. That's a gap on the outside. You see the defensive end is outside the tackle. That's the C gap. Uh, The low safety on that side now is responsible for the B gap. And then you have your two linebackers on the inside and the defensive linemen that have their gaps. Okay, and then you've got the edge over here. All right. Well, you get a shift. So here comes the shift, and whenever the shift happens, uh, is we let's run the tape here. Shift comes across. Now the gaps have changed. The up safety now comes up. He's the D gap player on the other side. The safety that was the D gap player before now rotates and is the support safety. The player on the top side, that was the D gap now comes back and uh, is out of the fit. And as the motion comes across, he turns in to the deep middle of the field, uh, player and, whenever the also whenever the back comes into the backfield, you've now introduced a new gap inside the formation. So the safety has to and the linebackers have to key that new fullback. So you went from a one back three by one formation to a one back two by two formation with a trade to now a two back formation. Whenever the fullback now comes into the backfield and the drops and the run fits have now changed. So as you run it, Here comes the fullback into the backfield. He now sets up, and you can see the gaps. So you've got your your nickel is the edge player. He edges it. Your support safety right there on the Big 12 logo. Now that the fullback is in, he's inserted into the run gap player, and your linebackers now key the fullback. And to add an extra layer to this, Oklahoma runs a lot of stunts. So the defensive linemen that are in front of you They're not even in their gap. They're going to be stunning to a new gap. So you've got to feed off of that as well. So that's just kind of how it happens. And you can watch the whole thing one one more time at full speed, and you just get a feel at how quick the whole thing happens whenever – this play's over. We'll run it start to finish from original motion to the final play. There's the original shift. Okay, we've got this, the nickel up on the line of scrimmage. Here comes the fullback, and here comes the snap. That's about three seconds with all of those responsibilities changing. That's why teams that shift in motion, it's so difficult, and you've got to be really locked in to all of your gaps of responsibility. One guy out of position, the run's out the gate, the pass is out the gate. You've got to be able to communicate really well. And like I said, Texas is going to be doing a lot of this this year.
6: This is one play. You showed us. It's one play. One play. So they've got to be able All to do it's that. All being thought about in one play. One Multiply play. That.
1: And they've got to execute that somewhere between 65 and 85 times a game with no bust. And not to mention... Once all that happens, you got to beat the 330-pounder in front of you and go make the play.
6: And as you've explained to us many times on the radio, the key to being great, which you were, is when all of that stuff you just mentioned, you're not thinking about it. It's just second nature. You instantaneously know where to react. Your your body takes over, and you just go make football plays. And
1: and that's why offenses do it, and I'm shocked that more— don't is because when guys start moving, the defense is like, Oh, what's right. going on here? Where we don't know where he's going to end up. We, so, whenever you just throw out a new defense one week, you have to make sure that that blitz can adjust to those shifts and those motions and everything is still sound or you just have to throw it out. You have to be able to adjust to all of that stuff because you never know what they're going to throw at you.
6: Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. In layman's terms tonight, run fits brought to you by Kincaid Coach. We'll take a timeout When we come back, we'll wrap up the show by the numbers. Talking basketball right around the corner. Stick with us. Lon Kruger's waiting in the wings. We'll be back.
5: Thank you to our cornerstone television partners, OU Health, Anheuser-Busch, and the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola, and OU Health.
6: Welcome back. Final segment of the huddle tonight, and it's time to wrap it up by... A good old-fashioned round of Buy the Numbers. This segment brought to you by Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel. Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Hey, Sooners, don't get passed. Get Pike Pass. I'm getting heavy use out of the Pike Pass these days. Oh, in yeah? all three of those states. That's good. By the way. Uh, all right. So, uh, you've been out. Chad McKee came in. I don't know that he, he did you any favors when he was here. The scoreboard right now is uh,
1: whoa 10 to 6. <laughs> I have a, I, remember, I was owning you uh, the last no. thing I remember. And no? That okay. seems
6: a bit aggressive, but yeah. um, 10 to 6 is our score, and I think you probably need to text Chad after the show because he's put you on this spot. Four questions. Each of us will guess. Whoever gets closer to the actual retail price will get the point for that question. Our first question tonight is, and we haven't seen these, by the way, what is the current program record for Rush Yard's In a bowl game, bowl game, rush yards in a bowl game. I'm assuming they mean an individual here, not team rushing yards. Maybe that's right. Confirmed individual rushing record. You want to go first? You want me to here?
1: Oh, man. Individual rushing yards in a bowl game.
6: Those Barry Switzer teams could run the ball. Teddy, don't forget about those guys back in the wishbone days.
1: That is
6: true. Bill Sims. Joe Washington.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm trying to think of who would have been on the, I'm just guessing the yard amount, right? Correct. Not the person. Yeah. I'm going to say it's going to be. Is that right?
6: Is he guessing the person or the yard, the amount?
1: yard, yard amount? The I'm, number. Okay. I'm going to say it's not as high as we think. I'm going to say it's 213 yards. That's pretty big. It's pretty big, yeah. Okay.
6: Okay. Uh, I was going to say 235, 235 for me, 213 for you, Mm -hmm. Uh, 239 Uh by Marcus Dupree in the Fiesta Bowl. Drake Dyken, guest Dupree, he's got cue cards over there, so Uh, that would be How
1: could we forget about the Fiesta Bowl? Bowl.
6: Question number two, what is the current program record for longest
1: fumble return What? <laughs> by an offensive lineman? Is it the only fumble return by an offensive lineman? Fumble return by an offensive
6: lineman. The word return has me uh thrown off here. We yeah. had a fumble ruski once upon a time.
1: Um you go first on this.
6: I mean, I don't know. I'll say uh I'll say thirty three yards. Thirty three yards? It was for a touchdown, we're told. Oh, yeah. I'll say 33 yards. Complete guess.
1: Do you, what was the fumble ruski play?
6: How many yards was do, it? Do you remember it? It was in the Orange Bowl. Okay. How many yards was it? I mean, I'm in the neighborhood. I'm in the neighborhood. I don't remember exactly, but it was on that side of the 50. Okay. Which I would say probably 20. to. Th- You're gonna
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say uh-huh. it was, oh, my gosh. 32 yards.
6: (laughs) Okay, let's see. 33, 32, 61 by Claire Morford against Marquette, 1941. Wow. Wow, what a day for Claire that was and the whole Morford family. So I was
1: closer, right? You were closer. I need to call Chad back. I think Chad did better than this. This is going
6: well. Let's see the next one. Uh, Next question is, current program record for most passing touchdowns in a single game. All right. Well, we've probably seen this one, Teddy. I mean, yeah. It's happened. Uh, I would think since 2000, this is your this is your turn to go first here.
1: I'm going to go seven passing touchdowns.
6: I think you might have it on the nose. We we haven't had an 8. So I go I'll go 6. I, I think we had a 7. Uh 7, yeah. Texas Tech um
1: I'll never forget anything from that's that uh, game.
6: that's Baker Mayfield, yeah,
1: yeah. So, Baker Mayfield, nicely done,
6: on the nose. Okay, final question tonight. We got a couple of minutes left here. During how many games did Steve Owens rush for more than a hundred yards? The great Steve Owens.
1: I'm, oh, man,
6: uh, probably every one of them. <laughs>
1: that's right.
6: I will say. I'm going to say thirty.
1: Yeah, that's a. Pretty good guess. That's a lot. I'm going to go under that. I'm going to say. They gave him the ball every snap. I know. That's a lot of games.
6: This is your chance to even it up tonight if you get this one right, Teddy. Oh, 30. I got 30 for Steve Owens. 100-yard rushing games.
1: I'm going to say. I'm going I'm to go under. I'm going to say 29. Okay. Dumb.
6: Correct answer is. 23, so that point goes to you. 23 is still yes. a big, big number. He is the current record holder for most 100-yard rushing games. All right, so you, you rallied there, evened it up on the night, 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Experience OU Football Live in 2021, folks. Season tickets are on sale now. It includes six home games featuring opponents Iowa State and Nebraska. For more information, go to Soonersports.com or call 405 325 Two four two four. Updated scores are on the screen, I'm told. There you go. Twelve to eight is the updated score.
4: <laughs> hey, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll be back tomorrow with the game plan. Toby's gonna recap the bedlam game from last well tonight. It will have been last night when we tape tomorrow. Plus, I've got a full softball weekend to, to recap. You're going to hear from Patty Gasso. You're going to hear from Jocelyn Allo. It's been an incredible start to the season. Sooner softball, 12-0. So, that's all coming up on a Tuesday. Until then, have a great week. And boomer sooner, everybody.
3: This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind. Home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards, Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.
7: Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail.